I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello and welcome in to the Fog.net podcast. Michael Swain here, the Kansas beat writer for 24-7 Sports. Really excited about the podcast we have coming your way today. We are joined by Jared Johnson of InsideTheRedRaiders.com. We're going to preview Kansas at Texas Tech, which is set for this Saturday evening kickoff. ESPN Plus, not ideal, but, you know, we're dealing with it nowadays. But, Jarrett, thanks a bunch for coming on. How has the week been for you so far? Yeah, first off, Michael, thanks for having me. I, I really enjoy, you know, sharing content with my brethren on the 24-7 Sports Network. And, uh, yeah, the week's been good. It's, you know, basketball tipped off. And as Kansas fans know, you know, and Texas Tech has – really kind of jumped into that. It's become a big deal. I mean, it's a, it's a celebration uh, in, in West Texas and in Lubbock when once basketball season tips off nowadays. And then, yeah, football's in full swing. Yeah, of course, there's always recruiting and the early signing period with basketball and all that. It's just there's a lot going on. Uh, it's, a, it's a fun time. It's an exciting time. And uh, I'm glad to be, you know, uh, in the middle of it kind of. Yeah, I'm the same way. You know, we're recording this on, on Wednesday night. It'll run, you know, Thursday morning before KU's basketball game. And then two days later, it's a football game. But I, I want to start here. You know, Texas Tech under Joey McGuire. Um, what's kind of the vibe been like around the team this season? Obviously, early in the year, there was the really big win over Texas. Um, obviously, the schedule kind of gets a little tougher here as the season goes along. But just what's kind of the vibe been like around the program and, and Joey McGuire's first season? Yeah, it's been overwhelmingly positive for most of the time. It's actually just been a year now since he was hired. It was November 8th, 2021. And, uh, you know, it's been very positive because, he, you know, he's a Texan, a true Texan. Uh, his daughter went to Texas Tech. His best friend played for Texas Tech back in the day. He gets the culture out here. So that allowed him to kind of hit the ground running. And then his recruiting has been amazing. They have a top 25 class still right now, you know, a month away from the early football signing period, and which is great for Texas Tech. You take that every cycle. Um, it's a full class 25, and it's evenly uh, dispersed throughout the, all the positions. So that endears, has endeared himself to the fan base for sure. Uh, but also just kind of his enthusiasm, his energy. Um, he's known for bringing great energy. And he, as he likes to say, every day he tries to be the, you know, the same person. And that's been infectious throughout the program. Now, they started off, uh, one of their first games was by beating Texas. I think it was the fourth game of the year's first Big 12 game. And that's a great way to start your career at Texas Tech is by beating UT. But here recently, the Red Raiders have lost four or five. He has been very aggressive. And some of that that's worked that worked earlier for him in terms of going for on fourth down have kind of backfired. And it backfired against TCU last week. 
So it's the really the first time he's facing true criticism as a head coach at the college football level. And, you know, Texas Tech fans are passionate. So um, it's, it's, it's a really interesting time right now because there has been so much goodwill, but now he's getting that, that first part of uh, first real criticism and, you know, being in the, the, the press conference on Monday and going through it with him, I thought he handled it well. I thought he answered some tough questions, you know, with poise and all that and, and had some thoughtful answers, but you know, he's, he's got to win. And this week's a big game in terms of what this season's going to be and, and possibly making a bowl or not and all that. Yeah. So uh, yeah, that's a good question about McGuire. Yeah, I, I, you mentioned the recruiting. I mean, man, it seems like once every two weeks I go on Twitter and all of a sudden I'm seeing a new Texas Tech commitment graphic from you know a high three-star somewhere out of Texas, and it's been really impressive to see. I'm curious, so you mentioned the aggressiveness there. I noticed that, obviously, there was, I think, the play against TCU where super aggressive on fourth down in kind of negative territory. Does that come, I guess, on offense and defense? How do they balance some of that aggressive style? And how have you seen maybe some of it shift as the losses have maybe started just to come as the competition gets tougher just because the Big 12 is so good? Yeah, he hadn't shifted really a whole lot as far mm-hmm. as – I asked him about that, about going for it on fourth down. I mean, he did it against Houston in game two, which, I mean, was a, is a fine team, but it's not – it's not even Kansas, quite honestly, right now. It's not, and it's not, uh, you know, Texas or TCU there, a top ten team there. He's been consistent in terms of they have like a magic number. They use the analytics. If they get to that fourth and whatever the the distance is in, in terms of the situation, they're going to go for it. Now, I'd like to see the book in terms of being down three against the number seven team in the country on your own thirty-five and going forward on fourth and two. I'd like to just see what that is, you know, what what that data is. But, uh, yeah, you know, he did say, though, when I asked him about it in Monday in the press conference, that he originally said, no, punt, punt, and then he changed his mind said, no, no, go, 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 go. So Whoa. he is kind of flip-flopping. He is rethinking it some. Hmm. Um, I thought that was generous that he even offered that. You know, he didn't have to say that. He could have just done coach speak. But, uh, no, he, he said that he is second-guessing some things. They do want to take into account more feel than just going the analytical approach. So, It'll be, he's trying to figure it out. It's his first year, you know? So uh, I like I, – here's where I'm at. I, I didn't agree with going for it there, obviously, even before they tried it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but ultimately, philosophically, I'd rather the coach be more aggressive and fail than be too conservative and, and lose that way. I mean, I'd rather it work and win, of course, but I'd rather the coach be more aggressive than, than conservative, in my opinion. For sure, definitely. And so – Obviously, Texas Tech just played TCU, so it means we have to ask about the quarterback situation. Um, it feels like every game it's been like that after someone plays TCU, but I think we're on yeah. four or five straight weeks of, of Kansas where I think since that TCU game, Oklahoma had a quarterback issue. Baylor, Oklahoma State, now Texas Tech. Walk KU fans through what exactly is going on with the quarterback situation because I've seen that kind of – it seems like three guys have played this year, so – I believe Morton was the one that was starting against TCU, but just walk fans through, I guess, kind of the quarterback dynamic at play here. Boy, how long do we have on the podcast? Because it's been it's been an adventure. Uh, well, Tyler Shuck started off the season as a starter. He won mm-hmm. the job. Dom, uh, he got hurt in the first game. Donovan Smith started for, I think, three or four games. He got kind of banged up, but he also was throwing a lot of interceptions. And so Baron Morton went in there. Baron Morton is a redshirt freshman. 
um, who was a four-star, elite 11, one of the highest-rated guys to sign with Texas Tech in the modern era. So he comes with some chops. Uh, he has a very good arm and all that. But he hurt his ankle against Oklahoma State and then re-injured it against TCU. Like you said, a lot of quarterbacks have gotten hurt against TCU for whatever reason. Um, and uh, he's out. He's been ruled out this week. So it's going to be either Tyler Shuck or Donovan Smith. They haven't said uh, – I asked Coach McGuire about that on Monday, and, of course, you know, he said – there's going to be a competition, and we'll see. They went with Tyler Shuck second uh, after uh, Barron went down last week. So, mm-hmm. you know, the, the thought is, is that's probably going to be Shuck. But you're going to see some Donovan Smith, too. And Donovan Smith is a guy who started for Texas Tech at the end of last year, beat Iowa State, mm-hmm. beat Mississippi State in the bowl game, and he beat uh, Texas. He was a starter when they beat Texas this year. So, I mean, he has some skins on the wall. And, of course, Tyler Shuck did some things at, at Oregon before he transferred to Texas Tech. So these aren't green quarterbacks, but they're guys who have struggled some this year. I mean, if you ask almost every, like almost every fan would say they would prefer Baron Morton to start this week, but he's unavailable. So it's going to be the Shuck and Smith show. Yeah. So I'll run through some stats real quick for fans that haven't had the time to look. So Shuck completing about 47% of his passes, about 7.2 yards per attempt, two touchdowns, two interceptions, you go to Smith, about 66.4% completion percentage, which is about close to what Jalen Daniels and Jason Bean are at with 12 touchdowns and eight interceptions. You, so you think Shuck starts when he's been out there and you've been able to see him. What have you seen? Because I think when I saw him throw recently, I think it was against TCU, the arm strength didn't maybe look there because it was a shoulder injury he had early in the season, correct? Yeah, and he had uh, one last year too. And suppose in we've been told it's there are different injuries. He actually had a metal plate inserted this season after that injury, and he's back out there. I personally think you should go with Donovan Smith, go run heavy. Mm-hmm. The coaches didn't ask me. Uh, Zach Kitley, the offensive coordinator, has said repeatedly he likes Tyler Shuck. He likes his leadership abilities, um, how much he can do in terms of processing information at the line of scrimmage, those kind of things. So that's what they like from Shuck. What mm-hmm. I've seen from Shuck is, like you said, the arm strength. Like, I watched him all offseason, and he has considerable arm strength, like, like NFL arm strength. That's not what we're seeing right now. I don't know if it's because of the injury or injuries or what, but, um, yeah, the arm strength doesn't appear to be there. So, and I've – while coaches like the guys who are well-prepared, of course, and know the offense in and out and can do all these things and have all those – intangible leadership qualities. I'm not saying that's not important, but ultimately you have to perform when you're on the field. That's what I value. And I haven't seen that from Shuck really Mm. in his Texas Tech career. I mean, he had a good game against Houston last year. uh, But other than that, I just haven't seen it. I've been underwhelmed with his actual performance on the field. Adonis Smith, I mean, he might beat Mississippi State or Texas, but he might throw four interceptions too. So I, I get their apprehension with him as well. Yeah, and I'm sure that that maybe comes into effect when you play a KU team that's averaging two turnovers per game forced and forced four from freshman Garrett Rangel last week too. I'm sure that's got to be something that goes through their mind. But I'm so curious with Texas Tech's offense. They're the second fastest team in the country in terms of plays per minute. We've covered the quarterbacks and the aggressive approach, but is this a team that – in terms of the speed is looking to run the ball, throw the ball, I guess, where do you feel like the strengths and weaknesses of, of this offense lie? 
Well, that's a really good question because I, I like their two running backs. Uh, so Roger Thompson, uh, he's top five in touchdown scored in Texas Tech history. I mean, he he's had some big games uh, against really tough opponents. Taj Brooks is a very good running back, very good between the tackles, a push the pile kind of guy, but who could also make a couple guys miss and turn a four-yard run into a 20-yard run. They're good like all-around backs, but the offensive line has struggled mightily, and it's banged up. Um, the quarterbacks, a lot of the speed – was really highlighted by Baron Morton. Uh, he has a really quick release um, that just really works well with his with his game. He did something similar to that. He ran a similar offense in high school. Um, with Shuck, I think he's capable of it, uh, but he he's not the running threat that Baron Morton was, which you might need if you're, if you're even if you're going, just going tempo. And then Donovan Smith, they really when he started, they kind of, which might be why they like Shuck perhaps more than than Smith. They slow it down. They don't run as much tempo with him. So uh, that that'll be interesting. And with those two guys, I think it's completely different types of offense. I mean, with mm. Donovan Smith, he runs a lot of short yardage stuff. He's a very good power runner, um, big dude, 6'5", 235. He does have a good arm, but it's a slower release. Um, Shuck is fast, but he's not really a runner. I know that doesn't make sense. He has good straight line speed. But not a lot of wiggle in his game, and not a lot. Of, he doesn't break a lot of tackles. So uh, their receivers are big, but very inconsistent and young. Um, they have a couple of good inside receivers, Xavier White, Miles Price, but they've been kind of banged up. They have three really nice tight ends that I think they only saw one pass last year. A, you know, one of them is six nine, two sixty, um, and Mason Tharp. And uh, Baylor Cup is a six. He's a smaller of those two. It's like six, six, uh, two forty five, a former five star recruit. So they have talent at that position. But in, when they've utilized it, like against Texas, um, against West Virginia, it's mm -hmm. there's been a, games they won. They've had a lot of success. But last week, I think uh, only one tight end one time saw a, a target which was almost a touchdown, but was knocked away by a TCU defender. So mm -hmm. I don't I don't know. You're asking me, this is the question that I get from Tech fans. Like, what is the identity? What are they trying to do? Yeah. And it's hard to understand. One of the reasons is because of the offensive line. Another reason, that's a problem. And another reason is the rotation of quarterbacks that all bring, they're similar in some ways, but they bring different things to the table. So. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. So there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. 
Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, which makes total sense, right? If you're bringing in different quarterbacks, different skill sets, it's going to be hard to nail down and get the timing down and, and everything like that. So I totally understand that. Let's switch to defense. You know, something that the KU coaches talked about this week is how multiple Texas Tech can be defensively, the different things that they do. In terms of like the base stuff of what you see from Texas Tech kind of like regularly, what exactly is kind of the identity or what you're seeing from the first-year defensive coordinator? Well, he's aggressive. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think if you – if any opposing offensive coordinator is being honest, they'll say, look, they're going to bring pressure. But even when they don't – they have Tyree Wilson, who, in my opinion, I know I cover him all the time, so people say I'm biased. But I think he's, you know, if not the best, one of the very best defensive players in the Big 12. Uh, he's been projected as a first-round pick. He's 6'7", uh, or 6'6", six, six, 275 pounds, and, I mean, not an ounce of fat on him. He's very athletic. I think he's either – he leads, the, the, I think, the country, actually, pro football focus setting quarterback pressures. Uh, he's among the leader, leaders in the Big 12 in sacks. So he's a problem. TCU was triple teaming him at times last week, and he was still pushing the pocket back. I mean, he, he's one of the best defenders Tech has had in quite some – since Jordan Brooks, who's leading the NFL in tackles right now for Seattle. Uh, so he's a very good player. A lot of that starts – a lot of the defense starts with him. Josiah Pierre, opposite uh, outside linebacker, uh, really stepped up with a couple of sacks against TCU last week. If they could start getting more production from the other end, then, yeah, they're going to be – their pass rush is going to be very good, but they have veteran guys up front um, in Tony Bradford and Jalen Hutchings. I think they're like three, four year starters who have really come on. Each of them have had their best uh, seasons. Christian Merriweather leads the team in tackles. He's your classic scraping sideline to sideline uh, linebacker. Um, Kosai Elders is next to him. He's another, he's a little undersized, but he's fast, athletic. Uh, linebacker. Their safeties are all pretty good. Dadrian uh, Taylor Dimerson, Muddy Waters, who plays like the hybrid that everybody runs now, outside linebacker safety. He's kind of that guy. Um, he's been very good. He was like a three-year starter at Duke before going over to Tech. Yeah, he's a, he's a good player. He'll, he'll probably be in the NFL. You know, just needs that opportunity. Um, Reggie Pearson used to play. He started for Wisconsin team that went to the Rose Bowl before going over to Tech. He's a, he's a hard-hitting guy. And they have two really big corners. So that allows the corners uh, that the pressure that Tech's able to get on a consistent basis with Tyree and some of those guys allows the corners to press and be very aggressive. And they have those safeties I mentioned cleaning a lot of things mm-hmm. up. So they will blitz guys off off the slot. They uh, they will blitz corners, safeties. Um, sometimes they'll be in a three man. Sometimes they'll have uh, even front. They really do mix it up. And what Tim DeRuiter does that I like the most is he disguises it. They'll look like one thing, and then Tech does something completely different. And that mm-hmm. has helped the defense a whole lot. I think that's really what it's all about playing defense nowadays, is disguising what you're actually doing and being able to pull it off. Definitely. And I, you make quarterbacks think, and it takes a split second, and it it compounds. So I, I'm yep. curious because I was looking at some of the, the numbers earlier today, and you know, obviously they played super well against West Virginia, right? Ten points allowed, really good performance. But you mentioned kind of the skid they've been on, you know, four out yeah. of the last five, right? I guess when it, things are going wrong for them defensively, what exactly does that look like? Or what are maybe other teams doing that all of a sudden you're seeing like, oh, no, that the defense isn't playing. It doesn't have it today. We well, look at TCU. Let's just look at the most recent game. Mm-hmm. I mean, TCU returned a punt 
for a touchdown to open the game. So this is one of the top 10 offenses in the country. They scored 27 points. They only had six points on offense through three quarters. And we knew it was happening with this offense struggling that the defense had been on the field too long. They're actually have more, they have more depth. They're playing, you know, too deep everywhere, which tech hadn't been able to do for a long time. And I know Kansas has had some roster problems. So, you yeah. know, what I'm, you know, Kansas fans and, and Michael, people like you covered Kansas the way you do. You know what I'm talking about. That's been a struggle. That hadn't been a struggle this year. The problem has been the offense has been so inconsistent, has turned the ball over so many times, and then they've been aggressive going forward on fourth down. You can only hold a, like a Big 12 offense like, say, TCU out of the, of the end zone or, you know, even out, or out of the red zone for so long, and especially if you're giving the ball inside your own territory by being aggressive and failing to go uh, to, to convert on, on fourth down. So they've asked the defense to do a lot. You know, in the fourth quarter, have they has the levy broke at time like against Baylor, who dominated the time of possession by running the ball, and then and then with their defense against Texas offense, and then TCU in the second half kind of said, okay, we got to start controlling the clock and wear these guys down. And yeah, the levy broke. So that's where the problem has been on defense. I think if you're a Kansas fan out there and you're and you're looking at this game, you look at the stats. Don't believe all. First off, the stats are better, but don't believe everything you see because, in terms of the eye test, you're going to be surprised that the defense is actually the strength of this team, and the offense has been a real problem for Texas Tech, which I haven't been able to say that in a decade. So. <laughs> that's so true, and I, I do like the depth thing you mentioned because that's something that Kansas ran into in years past as well, and then all of a sudden this year, you know, the transfer portal allows them to go out and get some guys that can help add some of that depth and. You mentioned the Baylor game. You, you say that, and I'm like, ah, yeah, that's what Baylor did to Kansas. They ran the ball, yep. and the defense forced turnovers, and all of a sudden KU's down, you know, 28 to 3. And so yep. I totally get it. So in terms of big picture for this game then, you know, when you go into the stadium on Saturday, I guess for you when you think of the keys to victory for it for Texas Tech, what do you need to see from the Red Raiders to feel like, okay, they've got a chance to win this game and should win this game if they do this? Well, first off, I want to say the number one thing in my mind, and I said this in some video content, you know, we recorded earlier up there at Tech, was this is a huge game all of a sudden. I mean, I don't mean any disrespect, just being honest. I mean, you could say the same thing about, like, Tech basketball up until recently, was that, you you know, Kansas was a win you were expecting when you looked at the schedule. And that is not the case. This is a legitimate Kansas team. You watch them play. You see their roster, see what Leifold's done. It's been really impressive. And all of a sudden – Tech has three games left. They got to win two. They have at Iowa State, which I know they're down this year for them, but it's always tough there. I mean, that's you can't count that as an automatic win. I don't care who you are. And then they have Oklahoma at home, which again I know they're not at the normal Oklahoma, but still they still have those athletes. It's still Oklahoma. They got to find a way to win two of these games. All of a sudden, this game at home against Kansas is critical. So and what they need to do, I think they need to run the football. They need to find a way to consistently run the football. I think tempo could help with that. If you're able mm -hmm. – we just talked about the defenses being tired. If you're able to tire Kansas out a little bit, keep some of the same personnel on the field that perhaps you like to run the ball, they do have the running backs to get it done. And I think Kansas, at least on paper, I, I've only watched parts of several of the games. I haven't watched full games yet. Mm -hmm. uh, but it appears they really – they get after the quarterback. They turn the ball over. You don't want to get an obvious passing downs against, against this Kansas defense, mm -hmm. but you can run the ball against this. That's what it appears. So if Tech could do that, I think that'll go a long way. Control the clock, tire them out, so your defense getting tired. Uh, I think that'll be huge. And then 
I don't know if I expect this or not, but what I would like to see is a fundamentally sound called game. I don't, you don't need to onside kick. You don't need a fake punt. You don't have to go four on four down eight times. I have a lot of respect for this Kansas team. I, I think it, matter of fact, I, I, I'm not even sure I'm picking Texas tech in this game, despite everything I just oh. said, with how, how big of a game. Yeah. I, I really have a lot of respect for this Kansas team, but I, I, I also don't think, you need to do all the chicanery, the trickery, and all this. I mean, be cute, I think, is, is a word a lot of people use. Just play sound, fundamentally uh, sound football. And I think Tech has a good chance in that environment, a night game at home, to come out with that critical win. Yep, I think that's really good analysis there. You know, Tech is able to run the ball. That is problems for Kansas because the really good performance Kansas has had defensively have come when they've stopped the run, forced the team to get third and long, like you said, obvious passing downs and everything like that. So um, really great stuff, Jared. Where can everyone find you, all the Kansas fans that want to kind of get caught up on Texas Tech and kind of everything that's going on around the team? Yeah, inside the Red Raiders.com, of course, and then uh, on Twitter at Johnson Jarrett, um, and then at TTU247 for the Inside the Red Raiders account on, on Twitter. Perfect. Awesome. Great stuff, Jarrett. Thanks a bunch for coming on. Hey, man, thanks for having me. Anytime. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts.